There's that aspect of one anothering, isn't there, that's so important. There's so many encouragements in scripture, isn't there, to bear with one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up, to speak the truth to one another. Um, and so that one another aspect of it is an all-member ministry, isn't it? It's not just done by one or two people. Well, hello and welcome to the Cornerstone Church 10 Years of Thankfulness podcast. Uh, we have been journeying through various ministries of Cornerstone Church, thinking about uh, the impact, really, the last 10 years here in our building on Castle Boulevard in Nottingham have, have had. Just a reminder that you can listen to these podcasts on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can also watch the videos of these podcasts on our YouTube channel, our Cornerstone Church YouTube channel. If you would like to see us whilst we're talking, which you might want to, or if you want to just listen in the car or on, on your way to work or whatever you're doing, then just listen listen away on your podcast channels and that's the way to do it. The, today we're going to be thinking about the topic of pastoral care and our kind of pastoral ministries here at Cornerstone. And I'm delighted to welcome Sarah Gerling. And Colin Webster, um, Sarah Gurley, tell us what your title is at the minute on staff. What, what's so your my role? title is pastoral ministry worker. Pastoral yeah, ministry worker, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And Colin, you're one of our ministers here. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you've not been on the podcast before. I'd love to hear a little bit about you, mm. your role, and maybe just a bit about the journey into the mm. role that you've you've kind of done. Yeah, thanks. Um, I think probably thinking about that, um, I'd have to go back quite a long way, right to way back in my childhood, because I grew up with two very pastoral parents. Mm. And I think I saw modelled in my childhood just that um, that caring for one another mm-hmm. um, very visibly growing up. So my mum would often cook a meal and take it around to somebody else. Yeah, um, yeah there was just that demonstration of real practical and spiritual care. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I saw the impact that that had. So I, I think that, that that's influenced very much my passion for pastoral care going yeah. forward into yeah. adulthood. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, so then, yeah, for, I, I worked for about 26 years in the inner city as a health visitor. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity five years ago to take early retirement. Yeah. And that just seemed like a great opportunity to be able to develop some of the pastoral ministry work that I've been doing for many years in Cornerstone. And yeah. pastoral care, it's just like I just know having received pastoral care from you and others in the con- congregation, is something that you have just done for years and years and years before you were ever on staff here at the church. Um, you can kind of be involved with that. But but tell us what, what has happened in the last couple of years in terms of your role. So once you kind of left working in the local community. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I started off um, on the voluntary associate scheme, yes. which is a scheme that we have at Cornerstone so that you can develop a ministry that you're passionate about. And I did that for a, one year and then I did it for a, a second year. And then it just kind of became apparent that it was just going to be really helpful for us mm. to mm. be able to collaborate together. And so Colin and Amanda and I work closely on coordinating the pastoral care here at Cornerstone. Although all of us on the ministry team are involved in different aspects of of pastoral care yeah that's great and we're so blessed to have you on the team and really really it really is a privilege to have somebody with that kind of focus on our staff team who can help us and direct us in, in our pastoral ministry as well uh one of things just a kind of headline question to both of you um now what what do we mean by pastoral care and what would that look like at cornerstone church well, when I first of all think of pastoral care, I think of being shepherded by by God. And when you look at what God uh, does, uh, um, you see that He He goes after those that are straying and going into danger. He encourages those who are weak. He gathers in his arms those who feel fallen or fractured or broken or bruised. He binds them up. Mm. He's looking after them uh, because he wants strong sheep. He wants them to journey to where he's going. 
and uh, and so it's just that that factor of trying to gather someone up and help them on in the journey because we can all fall by the wayside or be tripped up by various uh, situations and circumstances in life that can cause us harm or damage or or just make us feel bruised or battered or weary or weak and so I look to, to, to Jesus' exa- his example with us uh, for pastoral care. And that's what we as uh, ministers, as well as members of the congregation, should be trying to do with one another. Mm. Lovely. Yeah, I think I'd really echo what, what Colin said there. And, and also that just that hand in hand of discipleship and pastoral care. Mm. I guess what we're seeking to do, isn't it, is to walk with one another through the different situations of our life, mm. um, bringing God's transforming grace to that. Mm. And, and as well as there being that kind of um, sort of ministry aspect to it from from people like Colin and John and Rue and others in our ministry team, there, there's that aspect of one anothering, isn't there, that's mm. so important. Mm. There's so many encouragements in scripture, isn't there, mm. to bear with one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up, to mm. speak the truth to one another. Mm. Um, and so that one another aspect of it is an all member ministry, isn't it? It's yeah. not just done by one or two people. Yeah. It's something that we are doing one with another. Um, kind of just making sense of the things that we hear when we're gathered in worship on a Sunday morning, the 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 the, the way that we apply God's word to mm-hmm. to our lives in in the everyday situations that we find ourselves in, yeah. and the ups and downs of life. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. I think two things that really really kind of stand out to me: one that we're not kind of scratching around in the dark, thinking how do we do this? You know, where is our guide for this? Actually, Jesus is the ultimate model. The Bible is our guide in terms of how we we shepherd the flock. Um, but also that this this isn't just a kind of one person role. Uh, like I guess traditionally there's, there might have been this mindset in a lot of churches that you know if if you hadn't received pastoral care from the lead minister of the church or you know a lot of contexts there really is one minister I guess then you hadn't been pastored. What, what how would you speak into somebody or that kind of mindset maybe that exists still? In, in some churches well you still you still get it even in a large church like cornerstone you can sometimes uh, sometimes people feel as if they haven't been seen by the church mm. unless it was the, the 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 senior minister that came round mm. but of course in a church this size or indeed in any ch- size of church it might not always be possible and actually the church isn't one person the church is is god's gathered people uh, his saved people and so if someone else from the church has been to visit someone that is the church visiting um now sometimes we do have to 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 formulate that uh in in a very organized way uh, and perhaps gather a pastoral team which of course uh, sarah and, and, and myself are involved in um, just to try and cover as many people as you can, make sure that people don't go through the, the fall through the the gaps. But yeah, the the idea of just the minister being the only person that, that is is from the church that's gone to visit, I think people need to change the perspective on that because the church is is each one of us. I think it goes back to that one anothering that we talked yeah. about a minute ago, doesn't it? That that's a you know every member ministry really to mm. one another, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, as we seek to kind of build one another up. And Cornerstone yeah. obviously has um, has grown. It was a small church when <coughs> when you first came, Sarah. It was particularly much smaller than um, it is now. Uh, yeah. And now we're a church, you know, maybe of around we think a thousand people who would say that Cornerstone is mm. their church. Um, mm. 
what what are some of the differences that you have noticed experienced mm. about pastoral care in a small church compared yeah. to a big one mm. yeah there there are there are both advantages and disadvantages there's, there's sort of opportunities and and challenges aren't there with with both of those mm. things i guess when we were a much smaller church we we knew one another really well that kind of relational uh, ministry to one another was maybe easier because we knew one another mm. very well mm. because because we were smaller uh, and I guess over the years I think Colin would probably say the same we, we've really had to um, look at the different ways that we develop our smaller groups so that that relational ministry continues mm. in a mm. church our size where you know you can it, on a Sunday morning you might go where, speaking to somebody and then you might not you might not speak to them again for another another month maybe because of the size of our church so I think it's it's probably mobilized ministries that that in a very positive way that that um, mean that we can relationally um, speak into one another's lives mm. um, and there are there are lots of ministries that do that in our church um, yeah I don't know whether you wanted to add anything Colin there yeah I think you know and Cornerstone might be slightly more unique than than a number of churches in that we're not so much a, a, a community church but a, a commuter mm. church mm. so people are actually traveling from a great distance so uh, in a more community localized community uh, church you might bump into members of your congregation as you're going out for your shopping yeah. and so there's a lot of pastoral mm. one anothering that just went on in, yeah. in your natural yeah. out, outside of church mm. uh, uh, um, working uh, you know and living day um, uh, so, so yeah, I think we perhaps lose some of that, which is again some of the advantages of a small church mm. over a big mm. church. We, you know, mm. we, we we don't see ourselves as being the be all or end all. Mm. We we have disadvantages of being a big church mm. uh, compared to the to the local church. And that's a two way thing, isn't it? Mm. You know, when you think you come in as somebody who's new to a larger church, there's a there's a kind of two way responsibility to, I guess, both. Um, to, to kind of make yourself known mm. and to be known by the the congregation, you yeah. know, to be kind of both kind of put yourself out there, but also to be brought in. Mm. And um, you know, although people's personalities are different, there's lots of kind of complexities with that mm. um, uh, we get. But but at Cornerstone, there's lots of kind of ways in which someone can kind of interact with pastoral care ministries across the mm. church. Mm. Tell us a bit about some of those different ministries and ways in which people are kind of discipled and cared for mm. here at Cornerstone. I think one of the, the, the first uh, ports of call for us is actually getting people, because we're a large church, because we're a commuter church, into small groups mm. that are a little bit more local to them. And so dotted around the city, there's about 20 different connect groups or that's what a lot of people would call their home groups their midweek uh, bible study groups and it just uh, allows a smaller group of people between maybe 12 and 20 folks that can gather in folks homes get to know each other uh, really well pray for one another look out for one another and uh, and that is uh, one of the bedrocks for for creating both fellowship friendship and also just hearing uh, life on life situations that everyone's facing and praying into those and caring for 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 each other so it, vital to any large church's ministry or indeed small churches is some of your small group uh, yeah. connections and I think one of the great strengths of those connect groups is that we have people from across the different generations uh, in those connect groups and so you just getting that amazing um, 
lovely mix of different yeah. people speaking into different uh, situations. Maybe you have older people who mm. are, uh, have been Christians longer and can speak into the lives of younger people, mm. and younger mm. people can can talk about the challenges that they're facing. So there's there's enormous strength in in that, but there, there's also enormous strength in meeting in. Um, same season groups yes. so I, I kind of give the example often of when uh, when I was in and what's now our Monday mums group so our kind of mums fellowship when our kids were little uh, there was great strength in the fact that we were all in the same boat together mm. we could talk about the mm. challenges of that mm. season mm. but actually we were all pretty stretched yeah. we were stretched spiritually as well yeah. Um, and, and we needed people who were in that kind of just emerged from that season who were maybe in the season beyond that we, we could still remember what we were facing but yeah. um, could speak real spiritual sort of strength and truth into that into that um, that season of our lives and, and I think I've seen that modeled in lots of our different group settings where you can see that there is great value in in being in those same season groups mm. but there's also real value in gathering across the generations too so like women of the word is yeah. one of those examples on a Friday we meet to uh, and, and gather around God's word together and um, there's representatives from every age and stage in that group and there's mm. real strength mm. in, in that um, and there's lots there's lots of encouragement to be had I think from just sitting with someone who has in some way walked a path before you be be that just you know parenting Mm. or employment difficulties Mm -hmm. or you know relationship breakdowns or you know grief and Mm -hmm. bereavement Mm -hmm. and just to know that somebody has has been there and experienced that and they're 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 slightly further ahead on the path that you you are I think is 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 really encouraging yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. what other ways do we kind of in our regular rhythm of of, mm-hmm. of of the church week, you know, even on a Sunday, maybe in a service, mm-hmm. prayer has become a kind of more prominent thing, I think, in our, our life, our church, hasn't it? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, like we said, gathered worship on a yeah. Sunday morning is just so important, isn't it, where yeah. we hear from God's word. Uh, and and I think we, we all love that amazing buzz of prayer that's happening after a Sunday morning yes. service where we're having chats with one another about what we're facing in the week yeah. and we're applying God's word to the situations that we're about to go into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's a, that's a real a real strength and a, and a real need and a real encouragement, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, we offer, uh, that's why at the end of uh, each service, we offer people the chance to go over to an area uh, to the side of our church uh, uh, auditorium in order to receive prayer because sometimes people might uh, might not want to share things with their uh, connect group uh, but just want uh, prayer or indeed you might have visitors in your church and so they don't know anybody and so for the the, the invitation to come forward for prayer uh, is really helpful uh, to them. So even if a church is listening into this and they might think, oh, actually, that's a good idea. Not, it, it, it can be for the outsider coming in who doesn't know anybody. Mm. That there are some folks that are uh, official from the church mm. that are there to pray into their life situations and, and offer counsel and wisdom. Mm. And that's a muscle that you kind of have to exercise, I think. But it's also a cultural thing within the church that that if that becomes a kind of normal way mm. that we respond to God's word being preached mm. and interact with one another, you know, I'm honest, let's be honest, if we're blokes, probably it's quite far down the list. And the first thing that we might naturally do after a service would be to have a spiritual conversation. You know, we'll talk about the weather, we'll talk about the sports, mm. we'll talk about whatever's happened, anything else that's mm. happened sometimes. But if, if the culture is, we you know, how are you doing? How's your week been? What are you facing this week? 
then yeah. that, that changes the dynamic of that relationship and conversation. Yeah. And I think you've hinted at something really important there, Phil, and, and that's sort of relational mm. depth because those kinds of conversations that go on about how are you really yeah, uh, yeah. happen in when there's relational depth, don't exactly. they? And so those different ways in our, in our church family where we're able to... Um, just get to know one another better to to understand the challenges that we might be facing in our everyday lives then that enables us to minister in a different way doesn't it and um, I think that's why we're just so blessed to have so many different aspects of um, ministries going on in our church so um, we're just developing men's ministry at the moment Um, we have Monday mums that I mentioned that's Mm. for mums with preschool Mm. children Uh, we have mums at prayer which is for mums with um, older children Um, we have things like our fast food ministry which is for yeah. those who've had new babies those who would have been in hospital who, who may be in need in other ways where we can just um, provide something practical but but we yeah. can also spend time praying with those people when we when we see them um, fast food's amazing like you know fast food it's not cornerstone's version of deliveroo you know, <laughs> by sound like that it's um it's just kind of somebody dropping off a meal and a kind of coordinated plan i know you've been heavily involved with that sarah but yeah. like i remember when our um, second son who was born here in Nottingham when we had fast food delivered and we were talking to the parents you know on, at the preschool and they were like absolutely astonished that people were you know who weren't our family mm. were dropping around meals to us and care for us in that way and that's a great witness actually yeah it is it is yeah you're absolutely right it is yeah yeah just jumping back to the prayer um thing as well as having the prayer in the front what's wonderful to look out on Mm. is when just the folks sitting next to each other uh, start engaging and just praying for for each other as well and or or sometimes i've seen folks having going off for their coffee Mm. then they hear something that just triggers a response of can i just pray with you about that that you've told me about and, and that's wonderful to see because actually that's the culture that we want to see uh, here at Cornerstone. It's just people feeling very natural about responding in prayer and encouraging people uh, if they're going through any particular difficult time or, or you know, whether it be facing a, a difficult job interview or a difficult situation in their workplace or at home. Uh, just it's wonderful for folks just to say, let me just pray. And you can see it get yeah. through on a Sunday evening or morning. Folks just bowed in, in prayer in their own little corner, just yeah. uh, encouraging one yeah. another. And there's, op- there's opportunities in those times, isn't there, to just share God's truth, to, mm. share, to share how the gospel impacts our yeah. daily lives and, and to just work out that discipleship and how, how, we, how, we, how we live and become more Christ-like in those situations that we're yeah. facing in our lives. Yeah, it's yeah. great to see the intergenerational aspect of that as mm. well. You know, I was looking out on Sunday and you know, there was uh, somebody who helps with our student ministry who's probably in their 70s mm. and praying with one of our students in their 20s. Mm. And that's just lovely, isn't it? You mm. see every season of life yeah. and there's there's kind of pastoral gold and, and wealth. You know, somebody's lived through seasons of life, yeah. passing on their wisdom mm. or praying mm. for, getting alongside mm. those who are... Mm. much younger or further back in their Christian experience, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, we had a wonderful get-together a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, Colin, with mm. our Fruitful Faith in yeah. Later Life group, yeah. which is those for the those in the retirement generations, and we got them together with the 20s and 30s, and we had 100 people uh, here in our auditorium having lunch together, and just the conversations that were happening over tables mm. were just mm. really heartening. It was just great to, to hear that intergenerational mm. wisdom being mm. shared. That's yeah. Great. 
we've we've kind of picked up on a lot of real joys and encouragements, which is great. I'm really encouraged by just hearing and thinking about those things. But the the other side of that coin is is challenges. Um, can you mm. pick out some some things that maybe recently have been more mm. challenges that you've encountered, particularly in our pastoral ministry? Uh, are there kind of new challenges that we face now, which maybe we didn't have five years ago, ten years ago? Um, I think certainly COVID uh, has ha still has had its knock-on effect. Mm. Um, pastorally, it was very difficult for us to um, just monitor the, the temperature of people's lives when we were kind of away from one another. Mm. Um, and so we... We, we ended up uh, as a staff team dividing up the con the most vulnerable p people in our congregation, both young and old, uh, into into uh, segments so that we have about 20 each that we would call on a weekly basis. That was only sustainable for so long. We didn't realize how long it was going to go on for, but it, it, it was a huge investment of all of our time. So that was a that was a, certainly a very challenging time. And I think we still have some of the knock-on effects of people yet to come back uh, to church. I know that a number of churches have found that some folks have just they still haven't either got whether it's confidence or, or what or whether they've just become accustomed to watching uh, online. Um, but actually, it, it's actually being part of the gathered uh, fellowship, singing together, praying together, interacting with one another. There is still nothing that can ever replace that. Mm -hmm. You can't replace that on a, by looking at it on a TV screen or lis listening to it on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think in the, in, the, in the pandemic, what I found hugely challenging was that some of those, you know, it, it, often we, we respond to a, to a need, don't we, when we're thinking about pastoral care. Mm. It felt kind of very transactional in a, in a, in a way that I found really mm. challenging. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I know I for one hu just hugely missed that relational connection with people, mm. and I think m you know many many of us missed that enormously, didn't mm. didn't we? Mm. And I think we've all been aware of of, of mental health challenges yeah. that have that have sprung up out of that time. I, I think there's a real opportunity to speak pastorally into those situations, mm. isn't there? Because you know we have a God who meets us in our valleys, mm. uh, and so often I know that with the people I walk closely with, when they are going through hugely challenging times they speak really powerfully into my life of how mm. God meets them mm. in those valleys mm. um, and, and I think that's where that one anothering is so powerful isn't it um, it's not just us ministering to people who are in need it's often them speaking truth into our lives where, where mm. God has really mm. ministered to them mm. um, and so I, I think we'll probably find going forward that that's actually gonna bring much fruit yeah. um, because actually that is the real test of our discipleship isn't it when when mm. things are really mm. hard and they're maybe not what we're expecting where is God in those times yeah yeah. Um, yeah there's a line of a song that I've been thinking about quite a lot recently which is um, we sing a lot at the cornerstone um, hymn mm. um, when darkness seeks to hide his face I rest on his unchanging mm. grace and there's there's a lot of kind of darkness of the world and, and you know we, we could identify that some of those mm. dark valley seasons whether that's a mental health crisis or a, a season of, of bereavement or grief or just loss in whatever way mm. that could look mm. like mm. um yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of sadnesses isn't there and may, maybe part partially to with the age and stage that the church is at now people are maybe transitioning into a period where there's more of that loss
Yes, I mean, Cornerstone has has been evolving uh, over the years. There was a point where we had very few older people. In fact, I, I, I yeah, could, when we first could, came to the church, you, you hardly could any. almost yeah. count on one yeah. hand the number of people that were over over the age of sixty. But moving on to some twenty six years on from from when I first came to Cornerstone, suddenly we've got. I, Sarah, I think probably has got better grasp of the figures, but I think it's something like—is it seventy people that are that are over sixty-five or m- uh, even we've, more? We've got about about one hundred and ten in the group okay, that is for the retirement wow. generations. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of I guess a spread spread a, so, across quite a, a wide age range. But yeah, it's a it's a it's so a large group. So Cornerstone's mm. almost come of age, as it were. We've got now people from zero to 95, 97 actually, uh, in our church. And and so with that, it, it, you move into a different season of having far more people that actually need to be visited because of ill health. Um, and again, that's a new area for us. Uh, and then again, funerals were very few and far between in my first uh, few years. Whereas now, well, we've had about five or six this year so far. And that is now becoming the more the normal for for us as a church now. Mm. Yeah, and I guess along with those those challenges comes great joys and opportunities, doesn't yeah. it? And I think for Colin and I, being involved in our fruitful faith in later life group, it's just such a joy um, visiting people who have been walking with God for many many years and who have walked in those ups and downs of life, and who just have such gems to impart to us Mm. Uh, I can think of numerous times where people have just been a real encouragement to me Um, they're a real gift to our church Mm. those those there's a a lot we do learn from from the older folks because sometimes Mm. they're they're ahead of us uh, um, Mm. and and their their journey you're watching them journey Mm. through the valley of both either suffering or ill Mm. health or frailty and and some really dignify that that period of life in in such an incredible way, mm. um, and uh, certainly you definitely feel far more ministered to than, yeah. than as if you're going to go to minister mm, to them. Absolutely. It is definitely as iron sharpens iron, so one person mm. uh, sharpens uh, mm. a, a, another. Mm. So we certainly mm. find that, mm. and I always feel far more blessed mm. when I've visited some of the folks uh, who've gone through some real yeah. battles in life yeah. i think that's across the board as well you know like i know i had a conversation with one of our young people 16 year old a couple of weeks ago and you know i'd experienced some some loss recently and they just knew exactly what to say and exactly what you would have wanted somebody to say in that situation and i was just really encouraged that that clearly there's something of the culture of, of this church also families and all of that but that they've picked up on in how the kind of one anothering aspect kind of works and you know, that is across the board and that's really yeah. encouraging. I think there's something else I'd like to say which is mm. that I think probably in the pandemic we, we all, maybe we all learnt how to lament in mm. a way that we didn't understand lamenting before. I know that for me mm. personally that um, you know just, just the way the Psalms mm. teach us to lament um, is a really important aspect isn't it and I guess that speaks into both the challenges and the opportunities doesn't yeah. it of, of, of difficult difficult times can you unpack that a little bit sir I'm, I'm really intrigued by that so that I know that we had some kind of gatherings where we kind of just what do we call them acts of worship yes yeah we did, we like did. What, what, yeah. what did that look like lament um yeah I, I think 
I think it's just giving people that space and that opportunity just to listen to them when they may be in a very deep dark valley yeah. and they they can't see what god yeah. is teaching them at this yeah. moment and and the psalms give us just the language for that yeah. don't they yeah. and i'm just very compelled by the fact that the the psalms of lament that that they're this kind of two-way mm. kind of mm. thing aren't they of 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 just crying out to mm. god of you know why why is this happening what are you doing here mm. god and yet mm. coming back each time to to just truths about god yeah. uh, and about how he speaks into our situations and continues to comfort us and love us and nurture us and teach us in those times and yeah I think probably for me that was that was just a very uh, something that I really learned myself mm. in the in the pandemic was just what is godly godly lament yeah. and maybe for all of us that was something that really fruitfully came out of the pandemic is just a greater understanding of how God meets us in yeah. those moments where you know it's not kind of just easy to see what God's mm. doing um, there's an honesty and a vulnerability about lament which I think sometimes is something that we could be you know, because we, yeah, especially with our Christian brothers and sisters, we, we, we sometimes, I know as a church leader, you want to say the right thing, you want to maybe give a certain perception, but if we have the, we acknowledge as a baseline, we are loved by God, and we are loved by our church family, then that means that we can be honest and open with the realities of the struggles that we face, and the safety in that. I think it's really important that we we acknowledge that it's okay not to be okay yeah. sometimes isn't it? it it's really important that we acknowledge that with one another it, you know it, mm. sometimes it's not going to make sense mm. and actually that's how we disciple one another isn't it and mm. uh, and and walk with one another sometimes for quite a long time where things are really yeah. really hard yeah. Um, yeah. sometimes when the answers don't seem forthcoming and, and we just need to just yeah. kind of keep reminding one another of those real truths of scripture mm. 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 One of the other challenges that I guess I'm aware of at the minute is the cost of living crisis. We're in this kind of economically vulnerable place mm -hmm. and there are people maybe in our church, but also our community who will be struggling. Is there anything that that you think Cornerstone is, is, is kind of doing? or you re How do you recognize that as a challenge as something that we maybe ought to be doing something with? I think it's a, it's a challenge because um, I dare say that people don't like to say well, in the same way that people struggle sometimes to say when, when they're not feeling great, um, they can also be even more guarded when it comes to financial struggles. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and so that is actually, a, a, again, a, a new phase that we are entering into as a church, as, as actually all churches are, are going to be doing. And we're, we've already been in discussion about how can we provide avenues for people to actually express to us uh, as church leaders that, that, that they, there might be some uh, financial struggles uh, for them. And uh, uh, so, yeah, we're, we're still trying to work out what is the, what is the, the kind of care look like uh, from our, our perspective. We, you know, we are uh, exploring a number of different uh, uh, options of, of things that we can do but I think one of the key things is is trying to identify need um, because it's not that easy for people to come forward when it comes to things anything to do with financial struggles yeah absolutely we talked a lot about um, kind of pastoral care in the church I think it'd be helpful for us just to set that apart in a way from professional counseling which is a different thing um, Sarah, how would you describe some of the differences there? I think we want to say that actually both of those things are good things, mm -hmm. 
but 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 how how are they different? I guess it's probably that recognition for all of us, isn't there, that there are just some times in our lives where we need particular expertise to, mm. pe- to, to speak into particular situations. Um, I've had two um, times in my life where I have sought counselling mm. for specific things for a period of time, and I find those enormously mm. helpful times. Um, uh, and then, and then, alongside that is what we talked about earlier in terms of just that 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 kind of everyday one another in that we do with one another. Mm. I, mean, I guess it's that recognition of um, just the, yeah that sometimes we we need that expertise, that particular help mm. at particular times for particular mm. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And and it can be part of a you know a coordinated a- approach. It, it it doesn't have to be one or the other. Actually, in the church family, sometimes we recognise that we need both of those yes. things. Yeah, absolutely right. To be yeah. able to, yeah. you know, I think we need to be an expert on our own heads yeah. and, yeah. you know, bodies and recognize that we're kind of yeah. physical, yeah. spiritual yeah. and mental mm-hmm. beings. Yeah. Yeah. And God wants to deal with us in a holistic mm-hmm. way. And that's, it is a good tool mm-hmm. um, to be if, used. If you, if you look at what Paul says in Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1, he talks about how he was despairing even of his very life. So whatever it was that was crushing Paul, it was it, it was clearly something of a huge magnitude. But it says he goes on to say, "And you have helped me by your prayers." Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so you realise actually just that someone else knowing and someone else praying for you is one of the the great spiritual strengths. In fact, we've both Sarah and I have been receiving texts even this day from people that said said uh, their appreciation of of just knowing there's somebody else that's standing with them in the gap, praying for them, upholding them before the Lord. And then of course the the pastoral care that we can all actually do of sending somebody a scripture, phoning them up and just saying, I'm praying for you, or posting off a little text that said, here's a scripture that I found helpful and I was thinking about you as I did it. Scripture is so powerful for uh, lifting people up. And, and, and so we, we, God's given us a toolkit of prayer and the word of God as well as each other journeying together um, that, that can be tremendous aids uh, yeah. in, in our both our recovery and our encouragement. I think that's really important. You, know, you mentioned earlier on that in a smaller church you might bump into each other in the street or, you know, over the, the vegetables in Sainsbury's mm-hmm. or whatever. That might be less likely in a large church, but we do have technology, communication methods, drop someone a message, yeah. an email. You know, it, I've never regretted doing that and I've mm. always been encouraged to receive mm. it. I think mm. when you get that little message yeah. um, and... Uh, it, what does it take you? Yeah. you know, a few well, we've seconds. got so many means that we can do that now yeah. in this yeah. third age, haven't and we? In fact, what I would uh, encourage anybody to doing is is keep open to the Holy Spirit of God. Sometimes God lays mm. somebody on your heart, yeah. and usually what I do when that happens is I just pray about them, and then get carry on with my life. But if God just nags me about them, I think right, okay, hang on, this is. This is maybe more serious than I'm aware mm. of. So I might just drop them a text, give them a call uh, or something, send them a card. And the amount of times that people have got back to you and said, you will never believe mm. how timely mm. that was. So don't ignore the mm. Holy Spirit's promptings when he lays somebody on your yeah. heart. Yeah, um, I think that's a really important point. Yeah. yeah. So tell us some, what about some of the joys recently in your kind of pastoral care interactions uh, highlights people situations yeah I think like I said I think just visiting some of those um, 
members of our church family who are um, who are older and who have walked with walked with the Lord mm. for many many years and who just have such incredible gems to uh, impart to us is one of the great great joys. Um, yeah, I think just just seeing fruit in discipleship is just a real joy and an encouragement, isn't it? Um, there are some people that are so almost so easy to visit because you you just feel radiant mm, mm, about being mm, in their presence. Mm, I think of mm. uh, dear Margaret Risk uh, when, when uh, I saw her just a couple of weeks ago. Every time I see her, uh, she is so joyful. And even though she's pretty much housebound, difficult for her to get out now. But the, the just the spiritual engagement that she has with she gets the printed version of the of the ceremony each week, and she really benefits that, especially the little note that the staff send to her. But she's always wanting to to pray about the the ministry and the work. She's so involved in Cornerstone; it's as if she was in the building. Um, but but just her faith and her walk with God is so strong and she's so full of joy. She's never complained uh, about the various uh, struggles and ailments that she, she has to face uh, at her stage of life. And I think that's the thing that always just in- encourages you is when you're visiting people that are really going through it, but who dignify the trial. And, and even with, uh, I'm sure Sarah could echo this, people like Gwyn Davis and also Peter Lewis, who, uh, who we lost uh, this year, uh, both incredibly godly men and both, both showed us very clearly, this is the way a Christian can face death, because both of them uh, ha- had cancer. And just to see, be in their presence as they were almost teaching you, they were almost mentoring you, and this is how a Christian can, can, can uh, go, go to glory. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, again, with faith, hope, love, and joy in their hearts. Mm. Yeah, and I think one of the other joys as well is just seeing different ministries developing, and it's always a joy, isn't it, when a ministry develops out of a, a real felt need. And so at the moment, we're just trying to develop our ministry to those who are looking after um, aging parents, older parents, and the challenges that that are faced in that, um, and it's just a joy when when those ministries spring up from people from within our church family who recognise that, and there's just some exciting ministries that are developing as a result of things like that. Our ministry to those who've been bereaved is another example of that. Mm. Yeah, so that's mm. a real joy, and I think yeah, I think probably all of us would echo, wouldn't we, that coming out of the pandemic, we're just so grateful and thankful for these opportunities because we haven't been able to do them for for that for that period of time when covid was on and and maybe maybe it just feels much just much more poignant and we recognize we just recognize how blessed we are um coming out of the pandemic mm. and the opportunities that we that we have we're just so blessed aren't we yeah, yeah. yeah. well as, mm. as we come kind of towards the end of this conversation um maybe there's somebody who's listening who who just is thinking, I'd love to get more involved in this. I'd love to exercise my kind of pastoral care muscles and stretch them. What, what would be some of the ways that we should encourage them, um, direct them, um, things that they could, could look at? I would love to see a release of, of people that are able to take either uh, early retirement or retirement yeah. uh, because 
I, 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 I think there is so much ministry that can be done both into some of our students, um, some of the, uh, the, the, the families in our church, as well as visiting some of those who, who are uh, ill or in, 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 in need that way. We could, we could have so much that could, uh, re- we could release a huge army, as it were, of, of uh, helpers and encouragers that could bless the lives of, uh, of many in our congregation. So I think it's probably that. I think there's going to always be going to be work to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always the workers. Jesus said about talking about requiring more workers, both whether that be for evangelism or encouraging the saints. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing I, I'm particularly excited about is seeing folks that that can maybe give a lot more time because they're finished with their working life um but not their their god working life Uh, and i i think there's an awful lot that we could be doing in the future which we look forward to Mm, yeah i think for all of those just listening to this podcast just thinking you know how how can i how can i one another Mm. those that are around me uh maybe differently than i do now Mm. or um, there are lots of opportunities and come and speak to us if, if that's something yeah. that's on your heart. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. Final question. Um, kind of similar to the last one, but slightly different. Uh, looking ahead to the next 10 years and we've been looking back on 10 years and actually many more than 10 years of pastoral care at Cornerstone. What would be your, your hopes be, your prayers be as you look forward to the future? Yeah, I think just just the development of those ministries that um, we've mentioned already, just the strengthening of those. Yeah. Um, some of the ministries that are in the pipeline now, just seeing mm-hmm. development of those. Mm-hmm. Um, bereavement ministry is one that we're looking at, as mm-hmm. we said, um, just supporting those who are looking after um, uh, in, a, in a caring role. Uh, men's ministry is a, an area that we're looking at too. Um, yeah, just seeing the development of those things, I think we're probably excited about those opportunities for the future, aren't we? And building on all of the, th- the things that we've uh, we've mentioned that are our real strengths. Um, yeah, look, and, and being 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 alert to looking out for new opportunities, I think as yeah. well. Yeah, great. Yeah. Happy with that, Colin? I'm very happy with that. <laughs> I, I was al- already answering that one with my last question. Still the retirement generation. Yeah, that's, that's the prayer. prayer. Early retirement, there. I'll take that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'd love to close by praying for our pastoral ministries at Cornerstone, that God would continue to bless that and work in it and through it. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much uh, for your generosity to us that you have, have not sent us to live lives alone as spiritual islands, but you've placed us in a community here in this church family. Uh, thank you for the people that you've drawn to Cornerstone over the years who have been a pastoral encouragement, who've taken this one another ring really seriously and invested in others around them. Uh, Lord, thank you for the team here, uh, for, for, uh, for Colin and for Sarah and for Amanda and others on our team who are involved in, in leading this and coordinating it. Uh, Lord, would you bless them and uh, give us great wisdom. Though we recognize that this is a, a big task um, uh, it's not just a task that we do ourselves, um, but it's one that we do together as a church family. Uh, and though we also recognize that we, we, we may not always get it right, but though we know that, that you are with us and that you are gracious and kind to us. And though would you bless this ministry, uh, would Coruscant be a church where people are cared for well? And that in, in turn would be a witness to the world, that others would, would desire that 
and want to come in. Uh, Lord, we pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.